This is the day the Lord has made. Thank you for joining us in worship today. We praise God for you and however you're listening. We pray the message you receive will allow you to strengthen your relationship in Christ and build his kingdom as we seek God, shape lives, and serve the world. For your glory, for your glory, Lord. Keep that in mind, for your glory. Yeah, that, that's going to touch on this message. For your glory, Lord. Think about it. I want to be where you are. We want to do what the Lord would have us do, how the Lord would have us to do it. I want to take time right now also to say um, happy belated birthday to Chairman Deacons, Dick and James Riles. Birthday was yesterday. Dick and James Riles' birthday. Where you go? Oh, there you go. Back there. Dick and Riles. Happy birthday. Also, we had some birthdays in the McDonald family. Um, Jeremiah turned one on Friday. Amen. Come on. Thank God for Jeremiah. I nicknamed him Jeremiah Neil McDonald. Okay. And then uh, Jada will turn four on July the 26th for Jada. Amen. To all our July birthday. God bless you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. For your glory, Lord. Hallelujah. For your glory. Our scripture, Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. Matthew 5, 14 through 16. We have a lot of moving parts going on this morning. And I'm praying it's for his glory. Hallelujah. That God will get the praise, the honor, and the glory. Let me put this aside here. Amen. God continues to bless us and continues to keep us. And we're so excited. Matthew 5, 14 through 16. And it reads, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Our subject for today, light in darkened situations. Let us pray. God, our creator, sustainer, redeemer, we ask in a special way that you speak to us. We, your servants, that you might speak, that we might hear, that we might respond to your word and do your will your way. Bless us now, God, that we can truly be a blessing unto others. Thank you for those who are worshiping with us in the building. Thank you for those who are worshiping with us online. Thank you for those who will hear this message in a future date. Bless each one, God, that as you bless us, we'll be empowered to do your work. We thank you and we love you. Bless now, God. Have your way in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Light in darkened situations. Darkness can be a terrible thing. A lot of bad things happen under the cover of darkness. We equate darkness with evil. That's why we're so surprised when terrible things happen, and as we say it, in broad daylight. Y'all heard people say, oh, that happened in broad daylight? When people walk or live in darkness, 
one would expect them to bump into things. In darkness, you expect people to, trump, to, to stumble. In darkness, you expect people to trip. In darkness, we even expect folk to sometime fall. We are not shocked when someone walking in darkness stumbles. We're not shocked when someone walking in darkness falls. We're not shocked when they hurt themselves because they were in darkness. Has anyone ever told you that you're in the dark? Have you ever told someone that they are in the dark? What does that mean? Well, basically, it means that there's something that you don't know or something that they do not know. There are many things I'm in the dark about. There are many things that you're probably in the dark concerning. The, but the great thing about being in the dark, however, is that you don't have to stay there. Hallelujah. But people can't come out of darkness unless someone or something will lead us out of darkness. Or in other words, um, some people can cook. Others are in the dark about cooking. However, if there was a situation where no one was there to cook for them and no one else would cook, they would find a way to get out of darkness into the light. They have to come out of their darkness. This world is in a state of darkness, darkness all around. Because of a lot of systemic factors, we as a people have been in darkness for a long time. Stolen from a continent of great enlightenment, brought to a land to be bought, sold, and enslaved. Separated from culture and families, forbidden to read and write, forced into submission, but yet determined to survive and thrive to be what we know our creator intended for those who love him. Systems still exist today that would keep us in darkness. However, each day we get closer to the source of light that will bring true deliverance. Once we realize that nobody else is going to cook for us, we have to cook ourselves. We who live in darkness have to stop blaming, judging, fearing, talking about others who live in darkness. We are all fellows in the same ship. Yeah, fellowship. We are our brother's brother. We are our sister's sisters. And there is an answer for darkness. Let me say that again. There is an answer for darkness. What is the answer for darkness? I guess I need to ask you. What is the answer for darkness? And those online, go ahead and type it in the comment section. There is, there is an answer. What is the answer for darkness? I heard a couple of people say it. Light. Now, you know, when in darkness, you can literally sit in darkness and complain about being in darkness. Or you could just cut on the light. In some situations, 
we're not really privy to the light. <laughs> yeah, others may hold that light switch and may even hold a power economically. They may hold a power in other ways, but there are yet ways that we can make sure that the light is on. Seeing that we realize that we have an answer for darkness of this world, let's look at how we can be a light in darkened situations. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, 16 helps us with that. It says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Amen. We're going to highlight, we'll highlight verse 16. That's why I answer about the light. Verse 16 says, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. The first point is, let your light shine. Let your light shine. Allow what God has placed in you to shine. Let me say it again. Allow what God has placed in you to shine. When you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you received at least one spiritual gift along with the fruit of the Spirit. That gift or those gifts along with the fruit of the Spirit lives in you. It lives in us. Galatians 5, 22 and 23 states, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such things there is no law. In other words, allow God's light and love to shine through you. Be encouraged. Goodness lives in you. Joy lives in you. Peace lives in you. Gentleness lives in you. Self-control lives in you. Kindness lives in you. Faithfulness lives in you. And love, I said love, lives in you. But the second point is we ought to do this. We ought to let our light shine, but we ought to let our light shine before others. Verse 16 says again, in the same way, let your light shine before others so they may see your good works. Let your light shine before others. We don't just let our light shine at home or just among those who we know. We let our light shine even among others. We have to allow others living in darkness see the light that God has given us. How do we get to others? How do we find others, folk who we don't know, folk who we don't know may need a light? How do we find folk out of our normal circle and the normal people we'll be around on a daily basis? 
How do we find them? Well, I would say, let us follow the example of the first century church. And that's the real first church. The church in Acts chapter 2, after the coming of the Holy Spirit to indwell among his church. In Acts chapter 2, beginning with verse 42, we find these words. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. Verse 46, and day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Notice after the coming of the Holy Spirit, how the church comes together in love. Notice how the church comes together so much in love that they're willing to sell what they have so that everybody would have, that there'll be nobody who had any need. They were willing to give of themselves. They were willing to give of their possessions so that everyone would have, that there would be no lack at all. There would be no one who had need. Well, how were they able to do this? Verse 42 helps us again with that. It says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. And I've said this many times, but I don't want us to miss it. What was the apostles' teaching? Well, the apostles were actually at one time called the... The apostles were at one time called the... Disciples, that's right. The disciples became apostles. And as disciples, who did they learn from? Jesus. They were at the feet of Jesus. So the apostles' doctrine is literally the teachings of Jesus. Isn't that exciting? The teachings of Jesus. And that's what we've been studying. The little teachings of Jesus. So if you, if you, if you can see what the first century church did and see what it is God is calling us to do, we'll be so excited as well because what did Jesus teach? Well, one of the lawyers came to Jesus trying to trick him and said, well, what's the greatest of all the commandments? Jesus made it simple. He said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And I know when we throw that word out, love, we say, oh, yeah, I love people. I love folk and all this. But Jesus made it real simple. When you get down to Luke 6, he says, love your enemies. Wow. Think about that. Love your enemies. Then he says, do good to those who hate you. Wow. One thing to love your enemies but nothing to do good to them. Do good to those who love you. Pray for those who despitefully use you. Wow. And notice in the text, it doesn't say pray for those who despitefully use you and make sure they don't use you no more. I've been looking for it. Didn't say that. Pray for those who despitefully use you. When Jesus gives us these things and he teaches us this about love, he's telling us how we can relate to others how we could take his doctrine and make this world a better place because that's not the way the world operates. That's not what the world wants to hear. That's not what the world believes. But those who have been empowered by Christ, those who have his love, those who have his compassion, those who have what Christ has put in us, we could use what he's given us to give out to a darkened world.
they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship. Now understand the fellowship, the fellowship. They realized they were all in the same ship together. They realized their soul goes with one person goes with another. We realize that we need each other in this life. We can't go around pointing about who we don't like, who we don't love, who we don't want to be around. Whatever happens, the one happens to us all. But in this text, this really leaps out for us, especially today. They devote themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread. The breaking of bread. I miss this a lot of times. Because we read this over and over again and lose the significance of and the breaking of bread. How do we get people together who we may not know or may not have been in fellowship with and, and uh, they have not had conversation with? One good way to get folk together is to have food. Have food. Have you noticed something? Everybody walking and living on earth eats. Everybody eats. And especially during this time, as much as food costs, everybody is okay with a free meal every once in a while. How can you bring people together? That's why we're having a cookout. We're having a cookout to share. Now, we're not having a cookout just to go down there and cook out and throw out a lot of food. We're going because we all have a light. And I'm praying that every last one of us who goes down with us and share and and others who are in Yamakar who love the Lord, they'll be sharing and we'll be together. I'm just praying that we will take time to fellowship. That we'll take time to talk to others. Don't, don't, Don't wait for somebody to get the mic and start preaching to everybody out there. We're not doing that. Because everybody who can preach will already be out there in the congregation. Will already be out there with a rib in their hand. Will already be out there with chicken, with with the barbecue stuff, sauce just coming down. Yeah, everybody out there who can share with somebody else will be sharing. And all we're asking you to do is as you share with them, say, hey, you mind praying or let, let us pray? People say, well, I don't know how to pray. Oh, yes, you do. It's just talking to God. And when people begin to talk to God, we're just asking all of us to listen. Let me say it again. When you're with folk and you ask them to pray, and then you begin to listen as they pray. Now, God does not mind you listening to them praying. They're talking to him, but he doesn't mind if you listen because he has no ears but our ears. He has no, mind, no, no mouth but our mouth. has no hands but our hands. We have to do the work God has called us to do. So when we hear them praying... We want to make sure that you've captured their information, either gotten their phone number or their name or kept the information. And when you hear them praying and hear the concerns that they're praying about, we want to find a way to meet those needs. If someone is praying, Lord, please, we just need more food in our house. Uh, we can do that. If someone is praying that I, I just need to find a job, working together, we can help with that. Whatever the prayer is, God will empower us to do it. We just can't go saying, you know, we can't do this. You know, this is a big job. We don't, we don't know what they're going to ask for. Well, no, you, you, but you do know who has everything, who owns a cattle on a thousand hills, and we represent God. So, so don't, 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 don't be put off by, I'm afraid of what they're going to pray for. No, no, no. 
allow God to use us, allow our light to shine before others that they may see. All right. So notice this. In verse 46, in the same text, Acts chapter 2, it says, And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. Isn't it something about when you're eating and you're eating stuff you like, you have a glad heart all of a sudden? I mean, folks smile and laugh when you're sitting around eating and having fun and just able to recall. And listen, we have some of the best cooks you're going to find anywhere. And matter of fact, they're doing a, a challenge, a grill-off challenge on the secret sauce and this sort of stuff on today. And, and even as they do that, when, when, when we're eating, when we're having a great time, we're just literally doing that with others that God might get the glory. But look at what happens. If we can fellowship together, look what happens if we could take time to speak to folk that we may not have been speaking to. Look what happens as we fellowship with others. Look at what happens. Look at verse 47 says, they were praising God and having favor with all the people. And look at what God did. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Notice God loves us in such a special way that whenever we do what God wants, and, and we're doing it the way God has us to do it. God always blesses. When you want what God wants, what happened? You'll get what you want. If you want what God wants, you'll get what you want. Delight yourself in the Lord. He will give you the desires of your heart. Abide in him and let his words abide in you. Ask whatever you will in his name and he will give it to you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you as well. God, the word is just full of scriptures that talk about when we're putting God first and doing things God's ways, God will answer the very needs that we have. He will do what only God can do. But not only should we let our light shine, not only should we let our light shine before others, but for what purpose? And the third point is this, that they may see. <laughs> Verse 16 again. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see mm, your good works. People in darkness need to see. I, I know this sounds real deep, but, but just think about it for a second. People in darkness need to see. You do realize whenever we're in darkness, the lights are out, we stay there long enough, we kind of adjust our eyes somewhat because we're still trying to see even in the darkness. People in darkness need to see, and they need a light. And it says, they need a light. Guess what? You are the light of the world. Mm. You are the light of the world. The world needs to see the light in you so that they might see in the midst of darkness. When they see your good works, they can see a light in their darkened situations. We have a light. Because we have good works. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 through 10 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one can boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God beforehand prepared that we should walk in them. Now, in other words, we don't, we're not saved because we've done good works, but because we are saved, we will do good works. 
God has blessed us to do the work that he's called us to do. When they see our good works, it's not so they can glorify us. When they see our good works, it's not so they can talk about how good we are. When they see our good works, it's not going to say, oh, what a great church First Avenue is, First Bryan is. No, when they see our good works, it's not how great the Kappas are. No, when they see our good works, they're doing it so they can glorify, not us, but the Father. We have been put here, we have not, I'm sorry, we have not been put here as Christians, as those who love God, we have not been put here to judge, to condemn, and to tear down, but to be a light in a darkened world. I hope you can hear the message that when we go and people are not actually maybe talking like we want them to talk or dressing like we want them to dress or acting like you think they ought to dress. Oh yeah, we have some music to put on, but they might want to put some music on too. And that music should not, we're going to say, oh, that's offensive to me or whatever else. Well, we're not out there for you don't be offended. We're out there so we could give a message to a dying world about a living Savior. We don't go there and say, oh, boy, you need to look, you need to fix your head, fix your head. Why you got me testing? We ain't in for all that. I know what you're saying, pastor, pastor, wait a minute. Now, we know good Christian folk, we're supposed to put people in their place. Y'all know what God called us to do that? Say, Pastor, you talking about, you know, we ain't supposed to judge nobody and all this kind of, you need to show me some scripture. I'm glad you asked me for that. Let's go to a very favorite passage of ours, one that we just love. Everybody know by memory. We memorize it already. I'm sure Jeremiah, Jenny got down pat already. John 3.16. Woo! We love that one. We could, we could recite it together. Go ahead. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's a great thing. And I'm, I'm so glad that's like a bedrock for us. That's what we start with in evangelism and everything else. For God so loved who? The whole world. That he gave his only begotten son. Whosoever believed in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. But don't leave out verse 17. Woo! It says, right, for God... For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Y'all got to hear that today. Y'all got to hear this today. We, we, we were not saved and put in a position so we could start talking about how people look, how people act. We were saved so we could be an example and be a light unto a darkened world that they may come to know Christ, that they may come to love Christ, that they may come to see Christ because they can see our good works. They must see. Not only must we let our light shine, let our light shine before others that they may see and that they may see our good works. But last point, that they may give God glory. Hallelujah. Verse 16, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. When God has brought us out of darkness into the marvelous light, at a minimum, we ought to give him glory. He has made it possible that there have been those who cared enough about me, those who cared enough about you, to show God's goodness to you, to express God's love toward you, we ought to give them glory. Yeah. 
He's made it possible that there have been those who cared enough about me, those who cared enough about you, to share God's goodness and God's greatness with us. God cared enough about me. God cared enough about you to have others to bless us and to be a blessing to us for the sole purpose that we can be a blessing unto others. We have to take time for his glory to give God praise. We have to take time to give God honor. We have to take time to realize how much God loves the world and how much he loved us and he wants us to show our love toward the world. Now, I know sometimes there are things that we haven't done and we didn't know how to do it. We may not be comfortable in doing certain things, but when we're praying and we're trusting God, we could do things the way God wants us to do it. When we pray and trust God, you do, we, we do what we can do and let God do what he can do. Listen, he's great. God does magnificent things. He does magnificent things, and he will do it even through us. We didn't have and don't have the capacity to save ourselves. But what God could do, he did. He sent his son to come to this earth and go about doing good. His son lived a perfect life on this earth. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ lived a perfect life without sin, that he could become the lamb that takes away the sins of the world. So look at what God did for us. Look at what he did for us. Jesus came, lived on this earth, went about doing good. Jesus lived as an example of how we ought to live. When they talked about him, ridiculed him, called him everything but a child of God, he didn't fuss, cuss, shoot, or kill. He's our example of how we respond to those things that are not pleasing to us. He's our example because he lets us know that he's in charge. And no matter what we say and what we do, God is still in charge. And Romans 8.28 helps us. And we know that all things work together for good for those who love God, who are the called according to his purpose. You don't have to worry about what happens to you when you're truly trusting God and being led by his spirit to do the work God has called you to do. That's why Jesus came as an example for us. And he lived and went about doing good. And even though out of all the good he did, folk talked about him, ridiculed him, called him everything but a child of God. But Jesus kept on doing what he knew he had to do do. He knew that he had to give up his life for your sins and my sins. He allowed men to whip him all night long as he went from judgment hall to judgment hall. Can you see our Lord and Savior when he allowed them to put nails in his hands and nails in his feet with a crown of thorns on his head? Can you see our Lord and Savior as he hung on the cross, blood dripping from his head, blood dripping from all over his body? The Bible says that they had beat him so bad that his body looked unrecognizable when he hung on the cross. Not the pretty picture we see on the crucifix. Not the pretty picture we see with a little bit of blood coming from his hands and a little bit of blood coming from his head and a little bit of blood from his feet, a little blood from his side. No, the Bible says he was whipped so bad that he was almost unrecognizable. That's a lot of whipping. That's a lot of swelling. That's a lot going on in him. But he took on all of that so we could be saved. And as he hung on the cross, can you see our Lord and Savior who could have easily condemned everybody around him? He could have condemned the ones that was on the cross next to him. 
one who had already been convicted, one who was being carried out as a sentence, one who was, was actually, one who, when you would think about it today, will look at him as one who's on death row. But look at what our Lord and Savior said, the one that was on death row, who was even being executed, when he said, Lord, when you get to your kingdom, remember me. Jesus could have said, it's too late for you. But he said, no, no, no. Because the man said, when you get to your kingdom, remember me. And Jesus told him, this day, you will be with me in paradise. If Jesus can evangelize from the cross, we ought to be able to evangelize from the hardships even we go through. If he can evangelize while he's in pain, we ought to be able to evangelize even in the rain. If he can evangelize when everything was down on him and folk were leaving him aside and leaving him alone, we ought to be able to evangelize. If it's hot, if it's cold, if it's rainy, if it's cloudy, if I feel good, if I feel bad, if I feel happy, if I feel sad, we ought to be able to tell somebody that our Lord and Savior loves you so much. The Bible says he died. I said the Bible says he died, but the story doesn't stop there. They placed him in a borrowed tomb. He stayed there all night Friday, stayed there all day Saturday, stayed there all night Saturday. On that Sunday morning, the Bible says he got up with all power, power over the grave, victory over death. Then he ascended into heaven, sent back the Holy Spirit, who came into his church, sent back the Holy Spirit to live in us, sent back the Holy Spirit so we could be the light of the world, sent back the Holy Spirit so we could let our light shine before others that they may see our good works and give God the praise and give God the honor and give God the glory. I just got to take time right now to say, Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. If you're living in darkness and you want to see the light, know that the light is available. You can flip on the switch right now. He's able to move into your life. He's able to turn darkness around. He's able to give you joy. He's able to give you peace. He's able to make a way out of nowhere. Want to come to Jesus right now. Come to him right where you are. Don't change anything about your life. Let him transform your whole life. I've come to Jesus as I am. Weary, worn, and sad. I found in him a resting place. And he's made me glad. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we say. We ought to just tell him thank you. Just for being God. All by himself. We tell him thank you because he walked with us. We tell him thank you because he talked with us. We tell him thank you because he blesses us. We tell him thank you because he challenges us. We tell him thank you in the hard times. We tell him thank you in the easy times. We tell him thank you when everything's going all right. We tell him thank you when things are not going all right. Because he is the beginning. He is the end. He is everything. He's our light. He's our shepherd. He's our hope. He's our everything. We gotta tell the Lord thank you. Precious is the name of Jesus. I guarantee you right now, you might not be feeling so good if you're watching right now and not feeling your best. Do this with me, and I guarantee 
It's better than aspirin. It's better than Tylenol. It's better than Advil. Take time right now to say, Jesus! Just say, Jesus! There's power in the name of Jesus. There's healing in the name of Jesus. There's salvation in the name of Jesus. Call him! 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 There's victory in the name of Jesus. Victory is mine. Victory is mine. Victory is mine. I told Satan to get thee behind. Because victory is mine. Oh, to God be the glory. Oh, I tell you right now, God is getting ready to do a great work through the work we're doing today. Minds and hearts going to be lifted up. Transformation will happen in our lives. Not so much the lives of those we're going to feed. Not so much in the lives of those we're going to fellowship with. But I believe God is going to do a transformation in the life of First African Baptist Church. And to that I got to say to God be the glory. If you're here today, if you're watching, if you're on the podcast and you realize I need the Lord in my life, there's a prayer I want you to pray to accept Jesus into your life. The Bible says, if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, God is raised from the dead, you shall be saved. It's a prayer I will pray. You have repeated after me if this is a prayer you believe, because you have to believe with your heart. If you want to accept him into your life, just repeat this prayer to receive him into your life. It's a prayer you have to believe, a prayer you have to pray. And you pray this prayer, the Bible is clear. If you shall confess and believe, you shall be saved. That's it. Because Jesus has done the work. He died. He rose. He's coming back again. If you want to accept Christ right now in your life, pray this prayer with me. Say, Father, I have sinned. I have not been all I should be. I am sorry for my sins. I want to turn from my sins. I believe in my heart. Jesus died for my sins and rose from the grave. I'm willing to trust you, God, all the days of my life. Holy Spirit, come into my life. Help me to be what you want me to be. I will tell others that you saved me. Thank you, God, for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you accepted Christ right now, let us know. You can put in the comments. You contact with us. If you're here in the building and you want to accept Christ your Lord and personal Savior, or, and, or you want to unite in fellowship with First Alpha Baptist Church, you can just come and stand in the middle. We're going to keep our distance. We won't touch. We'll just pray with and for you. If you come, you want to accept Christ, you can come right now in the building, wherever you are. You can just come and stand forward. We've already prayed with you that you've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. By that prayer, by your profession of faith, you're now a disciple of Christ. We give you an opportunity to also be a member of First African. So we come, we thank God for what he has done. We thank God for what he is doing. We give God all the praise, the honor, and the glory. Come on, church. Let's thank God for the one who's coming. Come on, let's give God praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What an awesome God we serve. What an awesome God we serve. As he comes on the day, we have those that will 
go downstairs with them after we have our prayer. And um, they'll go down and get his information. We want you to know we're praying with you. We thank God for you. We're giving God all the praise, the honor, and the glory. Because when God makes a transformation, it's done. It's sealed. It's good. Hallelujah. the light hold up the light hold up the light all ye heaven bound soldiers hold up the light hold up the light let your light shine round the Hallelujah. Give them time to give. 
all they want to give and then let the next flow come behind them as they come out there. Yeah, just just give let them go out slowly, time by time. And again, we're going down to Yamaha. We'll see you there. We are thanking God for you. Let us pray. God, again, we thank you for this opportunity to come and to serve. We thank you that how you bless us, how you keep us. And now we ask the grace of God, the love of Jesus, we can the Holy Spirit. But go with us, even as we go to Yamaha, to do the work you've called us to do. Let us go, that others may see our good works and give you glory. Let us praise your name, God. We thank you for the opportunity to go and to share. Now dismiss us to do exactly that. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Remain connected to us as we build God's kingdom together. Join us on Facebook at the historic First African Baptist Church and our website, firstafricanbc.com. You may also contribute through an app called Givelify, G-I-V-E-L-I-F-Y. May God bless you and thank you for worshiping with us.